This is Flying News with your hosts, Monica, Melina, and Haley. Today we have a special guest interview with Dr. Scott McWilliams. He's a professor at the University of Rhode Island, and he'll be talking about the topic of bird migration patterns being affected by climate change. We know that climate change has been a big problem and a huge topic of debate for the last couple of years. And you might be wondering, how does this apply to migration patterns in birds? Let's find out. Bird migration patterns have been affected over the years due to climate change. As temperatures slowly increase, birds are being forced to shift where they migrate in order to maintain a steady source of food and find adequate breeding ground for their young to best survive. Dr. Scott McWilliams was one of the scientists that participated in the research of bird migration patterns changing due to climate change. In an article published by the International Journal of Zoology that analyzed eBird data and historical temperature data from Alaska in May. These were two states that were warming quickly, and they also looked at South Carolina that was also warming gradually. They looked at the different temperatures and year with bird migration timing during the years of 2010 to 2016. They found that these states, regardless of the rising temperature, showed an alteration of bird migration. Over half of the birds that had altered migration patterns were long-distant migrants. They concluded that changing temperatures and bird migration patterns have a relationship that has been drastically affected by global warming. To help us better understand the effects of climate change on birds, we invited Dr. Scott McWilliams to sit down and talk with us more about this subject. Thanks for being here, Dr. McWilliams. Hello, hello. So I'm, uh, I'm Scott McWilliams. I'm a professor at University of Rhode Island. Um, and my major research focus is on, uh, the biology and physiology of migratory birds. Awesome. Well, while we could speak with you all day due to your vast knowledge about birds, we narrowed our focus down to five questions, which we thought our audience would be most interested to hear. We started off with broad questions and asked, so how does the change in migration of birds affect the species as a whole? The migration evolved basically to track seasonal changes throughout the year and more specifically for birds to migrate to areas during the summer so that they could more successfully reproduce. So essentially, migration is sort of inextricably linked to population dynamics, reproductive in his answer, he stated that birds migrate in the summer to more successfully reproduce. As you may know, reproduction is very important because it allows for genes to be passed from parents to offsprings, which keeps the species alive, leading to no harsh disruptions of the ecosystem. So this got us thinking if climate change is happening over a large region, what happens to short-distance migrant species? Adding on to this, will they eventually become extinct because their migration region is affected by raising temperatures as well, allowing for their young not to survive? Or will they start to migrate longer distances to find suitable habitats in which they can reproduce and offer the best distance of survival for their young? Now, before he even answered this question, we thought that short-distance migrant species would eventually become long-distance for their young. So all long-distance migrants presumably at one point were shorter-distance migrants that sort of moved further and further north as, as the, the climate changed over time. But that takes a long time. And in general, we don't see much evidence for over like 50-year time frames of short-distance migrants becoming long-distance migrants. 
Um, there's a few cases where they become residents, but few, very few cases where they actually become long distance migrants. So the, the bigger concern in the article that you guys highlighted, um, in the, the, the questions you were asking me, um, actually makes the reverse observation that long distance migrants are more likely to become extinct compared to short distance migrants. And as explained by Dr. McWilliams, we were wrong. Come to learn, in fact, it is the opposite way around, where long-distance migrant species tend to become extinct. After looking further into this, it is because they are more susceptible to their habitats being disrupted or disturbed. The longer a bird has to travel to reach their destination, the more time there is in between for something to happen to their habitat without them knowing. The disruption may ultimately mean that they are unable to find a mate to breed with, leading to a decline of the species and ultimately becoming extinct. Birds that migrate a shorter distance are more likely to find a mate, even if their habitat was disrupted because they are not as far from their non-breeding grounds. They can more easily adapt to a species to accommodate the changes they face. To tie in with this is an article from the International Journal of Avian Science conducted by Humphrey Q.P. Crick. It was mentioned how species that lack phenotypic and genotypic adaptability, dispersal ability, and have small population sizes are more vulnerable to the effects of climate change. This is because all these factors are not ideal when it comes down to a species adapting for survival. For example, having a small population size minimizes the species' survival rate since a good percentage of the species is likely to die while in the process of adapting. This may set the species as a whole back, and they may not be able to recover from the loss due to having a lack of birds that have the ability to breed. Now to backtrack a little, when we were looking for a topic to talk about, we came across an article from the International Journal of Zoology about the migration of birds and is actually what led us to find Scott. In the article, it was stated that seven years was not enough time to distinguish shifts in migration patterns of birds. So you're saying that more time is necessary? Well, according to the article, yes but it was also written four years ago. So, our question to Scott was, since it has been four years, are we able to use different tools to determine migratory patterns faster? So, so birds respond, individuals respond each year to changes in, in, uh, in the environment. So if we get really cold springs, many species delay their migration until it gets a little bit warmer. So there's always sort of changes in that sense. But the reason why it takes some time to determine if those are sort of going to stay, stick around, whether birds are going to continue to show those same patterns, is you have this sort of annual change that's due to environmental, just random changes through time. Um, and birds are have evolved to sort of have that flexibility. What you're looking for in terms of climate change and bird migration change is something that gets more fixed in the population. And that's why it takes more time. You basically have to have the evolution of migration patterns shifting. And that requires generations. So if you're talking about a bird like a goose that lives 20 years, that's a really long time to demonstrate that sort of evolved change. If you're talking about songbirds that might live for two to four years, then maybe decades would work. But the bottom line is you have to differentiate between these sort of shorter chain, shorter term changes in migration patterns that are really just individuals responding, responding flexibly versus an evolved change in migration patterns. And that requires generation. 
Now, we don't want to say that this was surprising, but it simply made logical sense when he explained it. We cannot necessarily predict the changes that will be happening each year to the environment. As he said, you have to have the evolution patterns of migration shifting, which is different among bird species. So we have touched on the big ideas of bird migration, but what are some of its effects that the average person may not think about? So I thought about that on a number of fronts. So I study any bird that migrates, so everything from songbirds, hummingbirds, all the way up to big sea ducks and geese and things like that. And one thing that a lot of people I don't think consider is a fair number of those larger species are hunted species. And there's a whole industry, millions and millions of dollars, that's spent on hunting of of various kinds of migratory birds. And that does get affected by changes in migration patterns. All of a sudden, you might not have, and this happened, this has happened in the uh, the mid part of North America. A lot of the, the large migratory geese that they used to hunt all the time down in the Gulf states in Texas and Louisiana, they don't go there anymore. They stop up in Iowa and Missouri. And so the, the whole industry sort of changed. So there's that example. Um, the other example I thought would be um, relevant that a lot of people don't think about is what what are the ecological services that are provided by birds? So any plant that you see that has colored fruits is pretty much telling birds to please disperse it. And so without birds, or at least with changes in those migration patterns and changes in distribution, you can directly affect the dispersal patterns of a whole host of plants. There's there's a large majority of plants that rely on birds and other dispersers to disperse their seeds. Um, by being eaten. Um, and then, of course, migratory birds are in the millions and they eat tons of insects. So we'd have a lot more mosquitoes in places where we don't want them. Um, we'd have um, a lot a lot more effect on sort of the predator-prey dynamics that birds are involved with. They're also prey, songbirds especially, are prey for lots of hawks and owls, and so it would affect the dynamics of those populations too. Now you may be thinking, so what if bird migration patterns are shifting? Why should I care? Well, here's what Scott has to say about that. So birds, you know, the, the, the expression canary in a coal mine came because birds are indicators of, of ecological health. And, and migratory birds are even more of an indicator of ecological health. Um, Silent Spring back in the 70s was produced um, mainly as a response of how toxicants in the environment were killing millions and millions of birds. And so we use, I think, one of the reasons why people should care is if, bird, if migratory birds are going by the wayside, we've got more trouble than just the loss of migratory birds. They're just good indicators of environmental health at large. So as Dr. McWilliams said, there are good indicators of environmental health, which is important to have because they could tell us if there are hazards in the air, food, water, or soil, and can warn us of natural disasters. Birds have a shift in migration patterns is indicating to us that there is climate change and that is only getting worse. So when it comes down to it, birds have the potential to protect us as humans and communicate through behavior what the issue may be. So once again, we would like to thank you, Dr. McWilliams, for joining us in this podcast. You're welcome. Good luck with the rest of the project. Take care. And maybe next time you see a bird, you'll just think a little more about how amazing they truly are.
Now that we know that birds are good environmental indicators, we need to start paying more attention. Birds are changing. This includes things like their adaptations with their patterns of migration with rising temperatures. We need to take more action to reduce global warming effects on birds and other species. We can keep on using eBird and help researchers find more information about bird migration patterns, as well as keep track of different species. Take more care of the earth from your hosts, Monica, Molina, and Haley. Just swinging it.